Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Single Parents Network podcast. I'm Coach Energy, the Single Parents Network. I work with both single fathers and single mothers on various life issues, such as all matters of the heart, relationships, marriages, divorces, co-parenting, communicating effectively and peacefully, so forth and so on. So this week, my guest is Ricardo Sierra. He will be discussing the natural advantage. So Ricardo, please tell us a little bit about yourself and let us know what this natural advantage is all about and how it relates to single parents. Oh, well, thank you so much for, for allowing me to be on here. So that's great. And, uh, yeah, my name is Ricardo. Uh, I am a wilderness educator. Uh, I've been teaching wilderness survival skills uh, to teens, children, adults, and staff for about 35 years. And I got interested in that because I spent a lot of my childhood, I was kind of raised by a single mom as well. And then when she remarried, it was kind of a weird situation where you know, the three, me and my brother and my sister were kind of like one family. And then, and then the two new kids were a slightly different situation. And so, you know, it was one of these things where we lived in the woods up in upstate New York, uh, very rural. And I spent a lot of my time like wandering all around the mountains and, and forests and fields and farmland. And I always wanted to know a lot more about nature and about how the Native Americans could use different things to survive and live. And but I never really knew anything. I mean, I went fishing, I tried camping, but but I just didn't know what I what I was doing. And so when I was about 18, 19, I I found a, a man named Tom Brown who had a lot of these wilderness skills that I've been uh craving to learn. And so he had a school, I went to this school and I just started like learning how to make fire without matches. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff actually now that you see on, you know, the, the TV show, uh, alone, you know, that series reality show, uh, or survivor or, you know, some of the other survival shows that are popular now. Well, back then, of course, there was no show like that. And so I just started learning that and practicing it. And I just wanted to learn everything about living out in nature. I kind of just wanted to get out of society. I was like, you know, this would be fun to just kind of go out there, do my thing. I don't have to deal with the stepfather. I don't have to deal with whatever. And that, I mean, that wasn't my total motivation, but it was just something I really was very passionate about. And I liked how I felt when I was, you know, sitting by a fire, carving something, you know, like an arrow or something that was just fun to do. And what happened was that I, as I was learning, kids would just show up. If I went on a hike somewhere and then I stopped and, you know, built a little campfire or did, you know, stayed for a little bit, I would just suddenly have three kids would appear out of nowhere and just be like, what are you doing? And I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm carving a spoon. And they're like, can we try? And I was like, all right. And, you know, I mean, 20 years old, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, but I just kept having kids keep showing up. And eventually I started working at a summer camp and teaching these skills 
uh, in this camp format. I was kind of their, you know, young naturalist wilderness guy at this little farm camp. And I just fell in love with the process of seeing these children, you know, kind of go out in the woods with nothing and then make a fire or go out in the forest and learn how to build a really beautiful shelter that could keep them warm in a, in a snowstorm or whatever. And when those kids would come out after three or four days of us camping and learning these skills, they all seemed to kind of stand like maybe an, an inch taller. They had this like light in their eyes and they were like really excited. And I, I knew, I knew that I was onto something, you know, I was too young to really understand it, but I knew I was onto something that was really important. And that, kind of led to me starting my own little summer camp and then having it grow and grow to, you know, what we're doing, what we've been doing for the last 25 years, uh, you know, buying land and building cabins and everything else. And that is the, you know, kind of, if I encapsulate a lot of my journey, that's, that's a big part of it. And the natural advantage is actually a term that I started using because uh, one of my friends, submitted my an application for me to do a TED talk and you know unbeknownst to me and I was just like hey wait a minute what's going on and they're like hey you won you're going to do a TED talk next you know two months from now and I was like are you crazy so I I had to put together something about it and make it happen it was really really stressful I don't recommend it in a way because it's just like a panic a constant panic all the time uh but out of that it helped me to really focus on what are the things that are the most important parts of my kind of learning from all these years. And the natural advantage is basically saying that, you know, when children are developed, like all of us, we, we all, all of our ancestors, if you go back two, 300 years, uh, 500 years, we all learned about fire making. We, you know, we were riding horses. We were, we were making everything by hand. Like it was a world where we were living 99% of our time connected to the natural world. And so what I, what I found is that when children get like a connection to the natural world, meaning they just are spending time in nature, they are building relationships. They, they know some of the birds, they know trees, they know where to find food and, you know, kind of a little bit about where they live that's really powerful for them it's a it gives them a tremendous protective uh, effect it's a being out in nature changes or your physical hormones uh in your body it like you know stimulates stuff it stimulates your immune system all kinds of good you know serotonin and all the good chemicals that we are all craving all the time nature's doing that to us in a really beneficial way so nature's like one of the key elements in there but i realized there was two others and the other was you need to learn some type of skill if you can combine that nature contact and you can teach somebody some skill one or two skills five skills something where they can learn how to do it themselves that is also incredibly empowering you know giving them the problem solving skills the you know the manual dexterity, the ability to kind of look at a resource and go, oh, with those bunch of sticks, I can make this. I can make a basket. 
oh, with those fibers or those plant stalks, I can get fibers and then I can make a rope or whatever. Like being able to do that means that you it's a tremendous leadership development kind of experience in a way. And, and it builds confidence and so forth. Because So the skills are really critical. And then the third kind of uh, base of the triangle or the tripod is all about bonding. You have to be able to bond with someone who is is has the capacity to connect with you. So in other words, doing it by yourself, if I was just in nature by myself, it's powerful. But when I am learning a skill of some sort, you know, whether it's like learning about identifying bird nests or whatever, that builds even more. And then when you also add in the ability to bond and connect with someone where you can share your story and have it really be received in and heard and connected to those three things make incredible, incredible uh, foundation from which to like kind of grow and, and develop as a human being. And so that's really the principles that we put into our, into our summer camps in, into our programs was to say, how do we make sure that we're hitting all three of those every day, you know, and, and how do we make sure we do that through our programs? Because without, you know, if you just have the nature part and then you never, you don't have anybody you can share it with. then it almost is like more lonely. I mean, it's still good. Cause you're like, Oh, that bird likes me. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. Cause you're like the, the Robin understands me, even if my, all my friends don't or something like that, but it's really, really important. Like most people have someone where they're like, Oh, you know, I could always go to my grandmother. I could always go to my Tia or, you know, my, my auntie, or I could always go to Joe, Joe, the guy in the garage across the street. Like I could go there and the person would just listen to me and I would listen to them and I could just be myself and, you know, share my story or whatever. And so all of those things really tie into that natural advantage and, yeah, I don't really know how to land this plane. I'm just kind of circling the, you know, circling the airport, waiting for a, <laughs> waiting for a runway. I don't know where I'm going, but yeah, that's what I'm doing, and I, that's kind of what I'm excited about talking about here. Oh my gosh, this is so different, and it's exciting. So you <laughs> talk about having a summer camp and um, a program. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Such as, um, are your summer camps and programs in person only? Are they um, hybrid considering everything that we've dealt with in the past couple of years and kind of dealing with right now? Um, where are you located? Just kind of give us a sure. little bit more about sure. the summer program itself and the summer camps. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm uh, in upstate New York. Uh, so I'm like, I'm about 10 miles from Cooperstown, which is where the Baseball Hall of Fame is for a lot of people that love baseball. Um, and so it's in the center, almost the center of the state, uh, about three and a half hours from New York City, uh, very wild. And we, I, I'm not really running a lot of youth programs right now or camps because uh, we kind of, my wife has kind of like taken over our center after COVID and has doing a lot of adult healing and retreats and so forth at our place. But I do do some uh, individual programs that are, you know, four day intensives and things like that. And I do in-person trainings for what I call forest educator trainings, where they're kind of an immersion of teaching people how, how to teach these campfire skills, how to learn about the plants, how to, you know, explore, do some wilderness survival and, 
you know, maybe a lot of these little games and challenges and so forth. And so I do some of that as well. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's been kind of a bittersweet thing for me because I've done the camp for so long, but, uh, but COVID really, New York state's really, uh, strict and they, you know, they still don't really want us to even have camps running right now because they're kind of like, there's no way to prevent all these kids from getting COVID if one person has it. And I'm just like, yeah, that's true. So anyway, it, it, I'm still grieving that because I'm, I'm getting to be like almost 60. And I was like, okay, I do need to turn the corner on the, on my career and start teaching the teachers. But there's a big part of me that goes, Oh, I just want to run around the woods with the kids again. So <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I do some online training and stuff like that too. So, okay. And so for any of our single parents um, who may be watching right now, what would you say would be the best way for them to connect with you in order to take advantage of your your trainings and um, to be able to help them as a parent within right. their own household? Like, are there resources, additional resources, or you know, do you do one on ones with with parents? Just kind of uh, go into that. Yeah, I've actually done a number of programs where. You know, I used to fly to California and like take like 10 kids. That was there's a group of moms that just said, we want our kids to get a wilderness program. And they didn't want to send them to a summer camp. So they actually had me come there. And you know, they all pitched in and we had a great time. And I I still get people, people who will say, Hey, you know, everybody in the family is gonna pitch in and we're gonna have a little family reunion for three days. Ricardo's gonna, you know, come out and teach us a bunch of things. Um, so I've done, I have done that type of program. Um, but what I would say, if you're a single mom or a single dad and you're, you've got your kids at whatever age they are, uh, you know, my suggestion is in a lot of ways is see what level of nature, uh, experience you're comfortable with as a parent, and then see if you can kind of begin to build something in, into your life, into your daily life or weekly life? Is there, is there one little thing you can do that will uh, help them get something out of that natural, uh, the natural advantage? So like, for example, my wife and I were really, uh, during the pandemic, we were like, oh, you know, we're really online all the time. We're just watching streaming stuff, you know, and, 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 I don't know. That's everybody was doing that. And so we started basically just saying, all right, let's turn the TV off at whatever time before we all go to bed. And then I would pull out like a, a children's book or a nature book or some kind of cool story. Uh, and I would just read a chapter every night and it would just be, you know, maybe 15 minutes. Um, and everybody in the family was like, oh, that's awesome. I feel really good if I can go, if, if you're reading and I'm kind of just spacing out and picturing the story, there's no TV, no screen. And then we're getting ready to go to bed. It just is a really nice transition way to share and talk and, and, you know, just not leave the basketball game on, which is what I would normally do or whatever. Um, so, so that is one piece, or it could be just as simple as, oh, here's a really cool skill. I want everybody to, Hey, check out check out this knot that I learned how to tie to, you know, tie down the truck or, 
Um, you know, maybe it's like doing a gardening project where you just get a big tub and you go, Hey, we're going to, we're going to plant some seeds. What should we plant? And then, you know, have fun with it and just go, Hey, we got a big tub. We're going to fill it with some soil. We're going to water it. We're going to see what happens. Like that's a nature experience and it's also skill building. So anything that we can do, you know, I mean, skills can be cooking, sewing, you know, woodworking. I mean, how hard is it to take a piece of wood and just sand it really smooth and put oil on it. I mean, you can do so many cool things if you just get a little bit of uh, structure to start putting it together. And I, it's a, it's a really, uh, it's very difficult sometimes to do, to do it in the beginning, especially if you've never had it done for you. So like, that's the one thing that kind of breaks my heart is that there's a lot of parents who never had a close relationship to nature themselves. And it's really tough to be able to go, Oh, let me listen to this guy on, you know, a podcast telling me I got to go out and take the kids out, you know? And the first thing they think is like, I'm going to get Lyme disease. I'm going to get bit by snakes or, you know, it's going to be all these bugs and we're going to get poison Ivy. It's just going to be, you know, whatever it is, the worst thing you could imagine or, or the things that, you know, they show on TV. It's always like somebody always getting, you know, bit in the neck by a rattlesnake or something. And you're just like, oh man, <laughs> that is not helpful. You know what I mean? Like that, is, that does not happen all the time. That's not very um, encouraging. No, no. And so, you know, so what I, what I try to look at is to say, it doesn't matter. You get to, you get to start where you're at. So in other words, if you're nervous about nature, you don't need to go into the wilderness. You don't, you don't need to like pull over on the freeway and then go down an embankment and crawl in a bunch of vines and, you know, live in the jungle sort of thing. Like that's, you know, like I'll do that, but that's because I'm crazy, you know, because I'm also comfortable going there and figuring stuff out. But, you know, you can start at your local park, you know, and then you can go to a little bit more wild park. You know, maybe you can find a park that you never have been to that has a waterfall and there's some trails you can go out on. And, you know, you just, you know, if you don't like that, go to the beach, go just anywhere where you can see trees and see nature and, and then just, just be out there, take walk. I mean, it's not about like, you know, running to the top of the mountain or backpacking that. Yeah. That's great. If you're into that, like, don't get me wrong, but you don't have to commit to anything really major, but you know, for, I mean, it's hard for me to say it because I live here in the country, like there are trees in every direction. There's farmland. I mean, we live out here, but when I lived in, I lived in California for a while and in Sacramento, there would always be a place where if I had, if I was driving someplace in Sacramento, I, in almost every direction, there would always be like a tree in front of an office building or a palm tree or something, there would be some cool thing. And I would go, Hey, take this road. Cause it'll go by this cool tree. Well, I'm going to go say hi to this tree as we're driving by. And it's in the middle of the suburbs, you know, it's suburbs for like 50 miles in all directions, but it was like that tree. I love that tree. Or you drive over a bridge and there's a really cool river underneath and you go, Hey, let's just stop here for a minute and just see if we can listen to the water for five minutes. And you know, doing something like that where you just go, hey, let's do five minutes is really powerful for your nervous system. And and if you can sort of bring other people into that a little bit, 
you know, sure. They might go like, okay, my dad's crazy. You know, like that's fine. You know, like whatever. Now you have a story to tell your friends, but um, you know, I mean, anything like that is really, really important. And then just listening to each other when they tell stories of something that happened. So um, it's, it's not hard to do, but it's just a matter of like trying to say, is there something I can do every couple of days that will get help my kids uh, be have something modeled you know kids love that rhythm right so in my house it's like waffles i make really good waffles every saturday and sometimes sunday so they know everybody in my house knows that if you want those show up show up at you know show up anytime on saturday and i'll you know cook something up for you and i'll show you how to make them if you want whatever and so that people love that rhythmical aspects and they kind of they kind of really count on that in some ways. And, you know, and then it's great. Sometimes I'll be like, Hey, I hurt my hand. Can you guys make the waffles today? And they're just like, what? I can't do that. And I'm just like, okay, you got to use the whisk and, you know, stir the batter. And, you know, so now I'm giving them the skill that they can do it for themselves. So eventually I'll say, all right, who wants to make the waffles this week? You know, I'm going to go do something else for five minutes and let you do it. And, it, and they better be good, you know? Um, but that's, I don't know. It's like a, it's very psychological building this in because you have to like, look at your kid and say, what do we need to do? You know? So you have to kind of go, Hey, we're going to spend 15 minutes at the river and then we're going to go get ice cream. That works for some kids, right? Yes. Other kids, it might be something else. You know, they might go, okay, we're going to go do that. And then we're going to I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. I don't know what else. They, food has always been a big one for my kids. But, um, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, we'll go to the movies. If we do this three times this week, we're going to go to the movies on Saturday or something. I'm glad you uh, touched on that because that's one of my questions that I was going to ask is for those parents who aren't well versed in nature or anything outdoors, um, because let's just say if the average listener, hypothetically speaking, is someone who works a nine to five, you know, they go into a corporate building, brick and mortar building um, every right. day that they work. The kid, depending on their age, um, their child may be in daycare or their child, you know, may go to school, get on a bus and then immediately go home. And totally. that's kind of all that's that's their routine. And so my question, one of the questions is, you know, how would a parent who's not well versed get their child interested who's also never been exposed to it and you did bring up some of those um, examples like hey if we do this one or two or three times this week we can reward ourselves you know at the end of the week with doing something over here so right right yeah. right you can go to panda express or whatever i mean whatever it is yeah. that they're into yeah you know no that's exactly the what you have to do um so if you know so one element that i always say is if you don't, or if you're not comfortable taking kids out in nature um, yourself, which is fine, um, then then what's important is to go. Hey, I recognize that this is important. So then, if you're if you're trying to pick a daycare for your kids, pick the daycare with like a big oak tree in front of the daycare, where in the backyard or something where they can all play, or a big pine tree, or you know, find a daycare provider who, you know, it, it's not just a concrete pad you know, with that like spongy plastic infused concrete with a tetherball pole and that's it, chain link fence. Like that's not a really good place to, for kids to spend 
you know, 20 hours a weekend. So, you know, in other words, find things that, uh, have that nature is playing an important role for them. And, and it doesn't, when I, a lot of people, when they say nature, it doesn't mean, okay, you have to, you know, fly to Yosemite and go into the wilderness. It's really about being outside, being connected to, you know, other living things as opposed to just seeing man-made things. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, I know kids that, uh, get a lot of this is like kids that love horses or they go to a farm or, you know, so you might, you know, go, Hey, let's get some of our vegetables at this local farm. And we're going to go there every Saturday, pick up our vegetables. We're going to hang out. Uh, we'll grab a wheelbarrow and help them for five minutes washing carrots or something. And it's just like getting them to use their hands and be engaged and maybe get a little dirty, not too dirty, but just, you know, whatever you're comfortable with, with this idea of giving them the chance to be exposed to different things and seeing how that feels. Um, it's not, you know, like I remember one, one dad one time came to our place and, you know, my, my, the children were in this like wilderness survival program. And he took, you know, he took his dad all around to, you know, built the shelter we built and showed him all the things we had done. And, you know, at the end of when his dad was about ready to take off, he came over and he was like, you know, I thought your camp was just going to be like trying to teach my kid how to live like an Indian. And he goes, and you really did do that. But he said at the same time, you know, he said, I could just see my kid is like, he goes, that was the most my kid has talked to me in like, in like a year, you know, normally he would just get in the car, you know, put the air conditioner on and it would just be like, I could never get more than two words out of him. And he was so excited. He goes, I don't know what you did to my kid, but he goes, whatever it is, I don't even care. I don't care if they become a Indian and live in the woods forever. That's not, that's, I know that's not your goal. And I said, yeah, no, it's totally not. But I'm just, you know, you, if you don't learn to connect and love something when you're little, then how are you going to love something when you're older? You know, how do you know when, how do you learn to love yourself? You know, how do you learn to love uh, and care for and build a relationship with, you know, other people? And so, you know, I always say nature is like a child's first relationship. So their first relationship is a, a beetle or a frog or a butterfly. And so they're looking at that and going, oh my God. I mean, if you ever hold a really cool looking beetle that has that metallic green, you know, shell or whatever, like they're just incredibly magical. And if you can just get out of our heads for five minutes and look at that, it, it'll just transport you to go this, this thing on my finger is like another being. It looks like it's from another planet. If it was life-size, you we would all be like, okay, you know, that would be all we'd talk about for like the next 20 years. But it's like right here, this little thing on my finger that we all just kind of ignore you know, what's, oh, well, gas prices or, you know, whatever. But that thing is for a kid looking at that beetle, it's like an imagination bomb. It's just like, they don't know what is going on, but they're willing to stare at it. Butterfly. I don't know, a leaf. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you know, when you're out in the woods, you do see like weird stuff. Like sometimes I just remember walking with a bunch of kids and we found a tail of a squirrel. And so the kids were like, picking it up with a couple of like sticks, like chopsticks. And then they were like, 
they were like, they all had, every one of them had a theory of what, why the tail was there and not the rest of the squirrel and what happened. And uh, like, they just love to just dive into that because they're not living there in the world of, of us. We're like, we really live in our heads. You know, we're just like, I got to check my email and did somebody get back to me? But for a kid, they're, they're willing and able to just dive into their imaginary world. And so the more we can kind of keep feeding that, the beauty is that when you're out in nature, nature's so beautiful. And when you're out there, it's being reflected back to you, all this beauty, you know? And then like you get in the car and you drive, I don't know, I just dropped my wife off at JFK a week ago down in New York city. And we were driving through Queens and you know, when you're driving on the highway, I mean, it's just trash, like, like literally two feet of trash on the side of the road for about five miles yeah. with just like dirty concrete and like, you know, old construction equipment everywhere and cones and those cement things. And we're driving and my, my son was just like, he goes, I would hate to live here. He goes, cause I, he goes, I just, I've never seen this much trash. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I said, I said, you probably just ignore it. You know, if, if you live here for a long time, you just don't even see it. But when you go out in nature, it's like everything is beautiful and, and you, it starts to seep into you that you're part of it, nature, and you start to feel really good. And, you know, there's bird song and it's beautiful. And, you know, I mean, it's just, a you, you just slow down and everything. It's, it's really cool. And so I, to, to me, that's the thing I would say is it's really important for uh, kids to have that. And it's also important for, for us as adults to take that pause and get a little recharge, you know, 15 minutes. That's yes. 15 minutes can really be the thing. You know, honestly, if you stay for three hours and you're hanging out, laying in the grass, watching beetles by the farm, <laughs> You'll probably, they'll probably uh, get, put you to work or something. Maybe they'll kick you out. But, but for the most part, it's really cool to, to do. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I could keep going. I could keep going for a long time. So. And I can listen to this all day because for me and a couple of things that you were um, talking about, I'll hit on. Um, one of the things you were talking about, you know, getting outside, even if it's just for at least 15 minutes a day, that's one of the things I am being more mindful of, especially at, at the start of this new year, 2023, it's actually on my vision board that's right on my wall right now, nice. is to get outdoors more, to let the sun hit my skin and mm-hmm. to breathe in that that fresh air, you know, as fresh as it can be living in the city, um, but, you know, to just get outside and for me, I now look forward to it. Yeah. Any day where the weather is nice or clear, somewhat warm, I'm like, okay, what's my schedule looking like today? Because wherever I see a, a big enough gap, I'm either stepping outside or I'm going to one of the many local parks that I tend to go to. And I'm either taking my chair or I'm taking my blanket and I'm just sitting out and taking it in. And sometimes it'd be just me by myself. Sometimes it'd be my family with me, or sometimes it may be like with a friend in order, like if I know that they've been going through something and they just need someone to to talk to about whatever, um, I'll make it a habit to now be very intentional about getting outside um, throughout the week as many times as I can. 
And I do notice that on the days that I do get outside, I feel better. Like there is an, a direct connection to, to your body feeling like it has more energy, even if you went outside to just relax. You know, you yeah. have more energy. Um, I tend to have a better night's rest uh, once I do go back home for that night. It, and when I get back home, it's like, ah, I'm refreshed. What, you know, what can I accomplish now for, you know, whatever hours I have left in a day, depending on what time I may have gone out. So that is important. And if I can't get away, like if I have a slightly busier day and I can't go to the park for a couple of hours, then I'll at least just step outside and, you know, just sit out there. I'll take a chair outside and sure. sit, cross my legs and just, you know, have my legs, look, you know, popping <laughs> back and forth, just swinging. <laughs> and, right. I'm, and I'm literally in such a happy place and it's calm. It's, it's, I can feel feel I can literally feel the sun and its rays just go across every inch of my skin and it's an amazing feeling and so that's why I, I was liking what you were saying earlier like you were giving examples real life examples of if someone doesn't live in nature if someone doesn't live surrounded by the woods well what are some other things like you were using the example earlier earlier if um if someone has uh kids that are young to, you know, young enough to be in daycare. Well, find a daycare that's not just paved, you know, find a daycare right. that has actual trees, not artificial grounding, you know, things like that to where that can be the opportunity for your child to get connected throughout the day, even if you're not able to be there with them. Um, you also mentioned the beach. That was a, a thought that I had like, hmm, we have spring break coming up here in, in April, soon and most people a lot of people tend to go to the beach so like what could be maybe one two or three examples of how people can take advantage of if they are indeed going to be at a beach yeah well what's great about a beach is that you know like just listening to the ocean the waves getting there you're like got your bare feet in the sand and you're you're smelling, you know, whatever seaweed, you know, maybe there's like a dead fish someplace. You're like, oh, it smells kind of salty and some bad, maybe a little bit of bad smell, which is okay. And so what's great is that it kind of lends itself to looking for shells, looking for stuff, you know, maybe we'll find a bottle with a message in it. Who knows? Um, but the idea is that it's just getting you out of your everyday routine. And I, one thing I will say is that when you're outside like that at a beach, if you're out there for an hour, it's always interesting how people, when they come back from the beach, you're exhausted. You're like, oh, I was at the beach all day. And you're like, we were there for two hours you know, and you slept and then you, all you did was sleep. And then you ate a sandwich and had some chips, you know, so you go, okay, I don't know. For some reason, I'm just like wiped out and it takes a lot. We have a lot of stuff that we don't realize that we're carrying. So we have to like decompress and it may take like four days to fully decompress from the stress of, of our lives. And that's true for kids. It's true for us. So, um, you know, I always say give into that. If you have the impulse to relax and, and sleep and rest or whatever, do that if you can, uh, you know, but at the same time, if you can, sometimes there's like 
trails near the beach or you know if you're going to a place that's not that familiar to you um look and see like what what kind of trees do we do they have here that we don't have where we're at home what do they look like what are the leaves like what uh you know what are the trails around are there any animal tracks uh you know is there any other places around that we could explore or go for a bike ride or you know maybe we're going to go to the beach and watch the sun come up like if you're on the atlantic atlantic side you see the you know i'm from california so originally so i always think of sunset with the pacific ocean but the idea is that you get an idea of saying well wouldn't it be cool to actually get up really early and see the sunrise you know and say hey does anybody want to do that early and go out there and be the first one on the beach walking after the high tide or low tide so like any ideas like that really good um great things to do uh i would say i mean one time i did do that i had a bunch of my friends and we went oh we're gonna go see the the sun the sunset we're gonna go down to the ocean see the sunset and we went down there and of course it was california all the fog had rolled in so all we saw was just like white there was nothing but you could, we could hear whales because they had whales were migrating so you could actually hear whales in the water and you could hear their spouts and stuff so that was really cool but we couldn't see anything um but i would say too that going to places like the beach uh, it's not just about like i'm gonna fill my head with the latin names of all the wildlife in the area or something like that. That's not what I'm talking about. It's it could be anything. Like it, you could gather cool shells and then make a sculpture when you get home, or make you know we're gonna just fill little bottles up with different t colors of beach sand, and uh, you know put those in the bathroom. I don't know. I don't know what you. <laughs> I don't want to say do a bunch of knickknacky stuff that you know it's just gonna be a mess. But the idea is to just kind of like help them to see things in a new way, try things that are different uh, and just just allow yourself the the ability to kind of go in any direction and not feel like you have to, you know, it doesn't have to look like just a certain thing, right? It's like getting the skills, talking about stuff and connecting and then being out in nature. It can really be, it can look like so many different types of things, but yeah, yeah. 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 But you know, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really um it, it it helps if you know. I mean, most people when they do go on vacation, they tend to go someplace that has nature mm -hmm. there that they can kind of go, hey, let's go to the mountains, or hey, you know, you might probably where you are, you might go, hey, let's go to North Carolina or Tennessee, or let's go to the ocean, or let's go yeah, or the cabins. Um, yeah, you go up somewhere and you're just away, there's nature around you and you just can kind of unwind. So uh, to me, that's, I mean, I don't know, sometimes people go to like New York City, but New York City's got a huge Central Park in the middle of it and it's pretty cool. So uh, there's a lot of cool things to see even there. You know, there's really big trees in some areas of the city that are really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the the thing I will say is that for children, the, if they build that natural advantage and you work on that and, and encourage that and see that it's important and you just you just try to nurture that along as best you can. And, you know, and it's okay to send them to nature camp or, you know, there are a lot of other nature programs around. 
get them out outside, go to a, you know, find out if there's a, you know, star gazing night or something like the more you can do of those things, you're going to be, you're going to really uh, be thankful for that on the other side of it. Um, I have had a lot of moms talk to me over the years where they will call me and they will say, Ricardo, my daughter, she's 13 and she's been at your camp for like four years. And they would just say, oh, my daughter was just had a big blowout with her little circle of friends that she's had for, you know, five or six or seven years. And she's like, this is the type of blowout where I would be really worried about my daughter, you know, because this is a big social blow at a time when that so those social network is like critical. And if you're not in that, it's like you're dead. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I was really worried when I heard, she goes, <laughs> some other mom said, oh, I heard them talking and this thing happened. You better watch out. And she said, her daughter came home. And after the, the whole thing blew up at school, her daughter came home and she was like, oh, are you okay? How are you doing? And she's like, yeah, I had a really bad day. So she cried a little bit. And then she just went out into the back. She was sitting on the deck and they were just talking. And then she said, I'm going to just hang outside for a little while. And she went out into the backyard and they had a little campfire ring and she made a fire and she went into the refrigerator and she got a bunch of vegetables. And then she came out and she cooked her own meal. And, you know, cause she had learned that doing that stuff. And so she just started doing things that made her happy and helped her feel grounded and help her through it. And, and the mom would like tell me this and she's crying because she's like, my daughter, did that for like three days she just spent time doing the things that she loved and the whole thing eventually blew over mm -hmm. but it but she said my daughter was okay she had this foundation like she was thinking oh she's gonna fall and she's gonna crash she's gonna fall from this like thing of your social if you don't have that social connection you're just gonna go down to like rock bottom and she's like she didn't really fall that far because her rock bottom was up here because she had this network of, uh, you know, the the trees and her skills and her family, and she could like communicate and share things. She knew that she could talk to her grandpa or whoever, and she did really well. And I mean, this is a particular story, but I have like at least 30 of those over the years where moms would just call me and go like, Ricardo, it's your camp that did that. It's your program that did that, you know, and I would, you know, she was a pretty nature type mom anyway, okay. but I was like, no, it's, it's the foundation that we all help to build for our kids. So, you know, so that she could have that experience. And nowadays, you know, kids will see something and they're just like, oh, I'm not going to look as good on TikTok as everyone else. And the next thing you know, kids are like severe depression. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of like, for me being older, right. I'm like baby, I'm like Gen X, I guess. I can't even imagine that because I I grew up with no TV. I, I built that foundation because that was all there was. Yep. It was reading books, go, you know, oh, you're bored, go outside. Yep. And if state if you were said you were bored in the house, my mom would say, Well, you can be bored and you know, you can clean the silverware. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> but but the idea here is like I can't I can't even imagine getting to that place where I could crash that far. Mm -hmm. But I do see that with kids where they just, you know, they have these like rocky relationships, which is normal, but they, they don't have anything to fall back on 
And so then they just feel utterly alone Mm -hmm. and there's no relationship. They don't feel like they can do anything. They don't feel like they have anything, any skill. They, They don't feel like they could be useful. And so, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I'm not saying like not being with nature is the reason that they have anxiety, but it's not the only thing. Obviously, if you're, you know, someone, that's the one thing I re- have a big pet peeve with people that go like, oh, if you're depressed, just go outside in nature. And I'm like, well, that's not a good thing to say to someone because if they actually have clinical depression, mm-hmm. <laughs> you could be out in nature all day long and it's not going to matter. Uh, so, but I'm saying that if you can help your kids get that foundation early, it can just help them get enough of those positive chemicals in flowing as they develop so they can go and have healthy alternatives to when they feel in stress rather than turning to substances that might be a bad choice for them later on or bad relationships or you know they don't need to be surfing the web at 2 a.m and you know getting into a you know catfishing thing or something you know what i mean like it's just like those are things that people do for dopamine or for to feel better about themselves when we want to have something that's really healthy for our kids so that we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And as you were talking about social media and that your, your, you know, teenagers or your, your kids and their click of friends or their groups of friends. And um, you had mentioned TikTok and, you know, not being on the devices all day. I, as soon as you were saying that, I was like, you know what we could use, how can we use the devices in yeah. a positive way with nature. And I was like, well, what if we, you know, a parent creates a, like a scavenger hunt type of thing, you know, to where maybe, you know, you all go outside in the backyard or if you're at the beach or if you are able to go to a park and, you know, try to capture photos of, you know, something that represents whatever, or, you know, see who can capture the photo of the most odd looking, like you said, leaf or the most odd looking insect, whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. And what's great is that if you, if you do that and you hashtag like the, the local park or your city or something like that, a lot of times, or the news station in your area, a lot of times, if you have a good photo, they'll put it on the news, they'll put it on their website. They'll link to that. They'll put it on their Twitter. Um, and and all of a sudden now you're getting props for having a really good eye or sharing something that you love. So, I mean, like, yeah, I'm a big, I don't, I'm not an anti-social media person or, or anti-computer technology thing. Um, I just know that obviously too much, I mean, too much nature can be bad and too much uh, screen time can be bad too. But the idea is to do whatever it takes. Sometimes you might, that might be what gets you out is to say, hey, I'm going to take you to this waterfall so you can get a picture for your Instagram. And well, you know, let's go do that. And then while we're there, we don't have to like immediately run away. We can actually be there for 15 minutes and see what other things we can see. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like these are, there's so many ways we can be creative with, um, you know, figuring it out. And and the, like the younger children, they love those scavenger hunt type things. When they get older, they might want to do something else. But yeah, yeah, it's it's really, it's really just about trying to give them give them that energy that oftentimes as they grow, 
and become more independent, um, it can seem like, oh, they're getting better. You know, we can just let them grow, but we want to lean in a little bit and go, hey, let's go do this thing with me. You know, they'll still do it even when they're 13. Yes. You know, they'll still say, um, you know, hey, let's get in the car and go. Oh, let me drive by. Why are we going this way, dad? Oh, I'm going to take you by this big pine tree that's by my office. And it's really cool. And there's these huge pine cones and I want to show them to you. And then, you know, and of course they're going to go like, really? We drove all the way over here for this. And then you go, yeah, but smell it. Doesn't that smell good? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, Hey, I saw you, you were smelling it again. So, you know, you can kind of like have those moments with them where you can say, all right, yeah, it's not cool. And then if you do that like five times, then, you know, the next time you're driving in the car, they're going to be like, okay, where are we going now? Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to be like, oh, I thought you didn't want to do that. And then I'm like, okay, I got to think of something. But those are the things that um, help them. Eventually they'll expect, okay, mm-hmm. my family's weird and they do these weird things. So. Right. Oh. Yeah. I, I love doing stuff like that. My son, my son is uh, in a, has a wheelchair. He has spina bifida. And he started going around to different businesses. And if we went to a restaurant, he would take a picture of the sign on the restaurant and he would take a picture of his meal and he would take a picture inside. And then he would just hashtag, you know, or, you know, tag the restaurant in his Instagram. And then he would just write a little something and he would just go, hey, if you come here, the, you know, the cheeseburgers are good or something like that. I mean, he really didn't, you know, he was pretty minimal. Okay. you know, the, the owners of the restaurants were like, Oh, thank you so much for doing that. We really love your picture. Can we share that on our website? And before you know it, he's going around town, everybody in town knows him, you know, not just as a kid cruising around with the wheelchair, but they know that he is seeing what they're doing and they appreciate that. And so oftentimes we go to a restaurant and they'll just be like, Hey, guess what? Here's a, here, here's some chocolate cake. And he's just like, what? why is that why are you giving me this and they're like no we just wanted to give that to you you know so you get free stuff and you know what goes around comes around right so so those are kind of fun things to see and you know and he knows those people they know you know mm-hmm. he's got a relationship with them which is really nice and because when you're in a wheelchair it's hard to build relationships for a lot of kids you know like you know you might it might just be tricky to figure out how do you how do you break the ice or whatever so um so he kind of figured that out doing that with the skill of instagram and photos yes man that's awesome and you you were mentioning um earlier about um if a kid doesn't uh, like learn how to take care of something when they're younger or love something or connect with something when they're younger then you know how well will they be at doing that thing as an adult and then when you were talking about your son, it kind of, uh, it brought a thought back to my mind about that's where having a very, maybe even just a low maintenance type of pet for some families can yeah. be helpful um, because they learn skills through mm-hmm. that. And they learn to bond, not just with the pet, but even with the parent, as long as the parent is involved as well and yeah. shows interest in the pet as well. Um, so whether it be like, for me back in the day and even now as an adult, I love fish. So whether it be goldfish or any other fish that you can put in an aquarium um, at home, for me, that was one of my low maintenance type of 
um, pets that I had as a child. And then I even now, you know, continue to do that as an adult. So right. maybe having pets that are low maintenance, you know, cost effective um, <laughs> for your kids, sure. that could be something that can be helpful as well to help with building those skills and connecting them to nature in that way. Yeah, I used to have a turtle. I had little, little tur two little green turtles. Yes. were like, you know, size of a half dollar. Yes. And uh, and so they would be in this little, you know, thing that you just plugged in and it had a little circulating water and it was just moist all the time. And the turtles were in there. And then, you know, all of a sudden I'd be like, hey, where's that turtle? My, my One of my turtles is gone. And my mom would just be like, okay, well, they might have got out. I'm sure they'll go back in. And I'm like, they're on a desk. How are they going to get out? And then she would like go to the store, get one and put it back in. I'm like, hey, the turtle's here. So I figured out eventually that she was, you know, they, they were dying at times. But, you know, but it was just fun to like look at another living thing and do that and have that relationship. And yeah, I mean, yeah, there's so many ways to do these things and, you know, you can do it low maintenance and, but you can still get big benefits from that. And you'll know, you'll know if you look at your kid and you look at their eyes and you look at how they are, if you're, if it's working, you know, if they turn around, like, like my son, Javier, he doesn't, he's not really interested in hiking too much because he's in a wheelchair. Right. So most of the time he's like, okay, I'm not going to be going to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. I'm not going to do all these things, but he loves going places that are really beautiful. Or, you know, like we were driving across country once and there was a big thunderstorm and he was like, I want to get out of the car and feel the wind, you know, in, in for this thunderstorm. And so we went out there and he could feel the wind and it wasn't too bad, was far enough away, but he was just excited. I was excited because he wanted to, see that and he was taking pictures and he was trying to get pictures of lightning and you know or when there's a big storm so you know it's like it's just important for just to know that it's important and then to kind of as soon as you see those kids light up a little bit where they put their phone they're not on their phone immediately and they're like let me put the phone down this is capturing me mm -hmm. just keep feeding that and sometimes it can take a while you know, like I do, I do a lot of uh, nature journaling where I would go, okay, I'm going to go out and look at a plant or something, bring some of it in, I'll make some drawings. And if I just do that on my table, eventually the kids are like, let me see what you did. Let me see how it turned out, you know? And so if you do it like 10 times, they're going, these are really good, dad. You're doing, you're pretty good, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, yeah, no kidding. But, you know, but what happens is that they're thinking like he's doing this it's okay to do that. And yeah, it may not have any real commercial value. It may, but it's just about nature and writing a couple little notes and doing that. And those are the kinds of things that just help them to slow down, observe, you know, you know, integrate a little bit, relax, man, we just need that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We just need that. So anyway, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that I'm not, um, overwhelming any parents there they're like i've already got my job and everything else and i'm trying to clean the do the laundry and then now he's telling me i have to go to yosemite um you know every day uh but yeah just get excited about it because when you do once you start getting a little bit in there it's going to be fun and it's better than looking at your kids eyes when they're kind of glazed over and you can see your kid the light is kind of going out of them 
-hmm. I get a lot of moms that will call me and they'll just say, yeah, my son's not doing well. And I'm like, well, tell me what's going on. They're like, he just doesn't have uh, the the passion. He's not excited. He was totally like that yes, last year. And then this year, I just have seen him progressively. And I would just go, yeah, that's really hard. And and they'll, you know, they'll just start crying because they're like, I don't know what to do. My kid is, my kid is like disappearing before my eyes. And I know that they're not, that's not a good thing. They're not going in the right, they're not trending in the right direction, right? And so we just want to make sure that we can trend our kid in the right direction. And and if you have nature and skills and the ability to share stories and connect that natural advantage, you will have tools. So you're not just sort of standing there going, I'm trying to raise kids and I have a crescent wrench. And they're like, what, what can you do? You know, and you're like, I have a crescent wrench. I have one tool. And you want to have like 20 tools or 30 tools and give you that so that you can just engage and keep them moving in that right direction. Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever done this or not, but when you were just throughout this entire time that we've been communicating and discussing the natural advantage, it just kept coming to me about you should create like a, not saying what you should do, but you know, right, right. create like a starter kit, you know, or like a kit yeah. where maybe you send it out every few weeks or maybe once a month and you know you have parents who get on your mailing list and then you you know send them out certain things to where it's like it you you take the thinking and the creative you know them having to come up with the ideas or them having to come up with the 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 specific tool or focus or or skill for that particular month like you do it for them, they sign up, you send it out to them on it, like a membership or monthly basis. Yeah. And then there it is. Hmm. I actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because during the pandemic, a bunch of parents asked me to create programs and stuff like that. And I actually created a, a forest box for kids, they call it. Oh. Um, and I, for some reason, I don't really focus on like talking about it as much as I should. But basically it is a monthly box that has like a nature journal, a couple of like na nature activities or games or skills. And then it has a craft, you know, that has something. And then there's like a piece of gear and there's videos. So you can watch the videos. You can read the, read it, the journals or read the activity guides. And then I also have a, a little audio. I don't know if I have it in front of me here, but I have like a little audio story card that you can like go online and get download. And it has a story about whatever the theme is. So like last month was, first aid. So it had a first aid kit. It had a, a first aid journal, how to, you know, how to do, take care of yourself and so forth. Talking about first aid. It has stories and games in there too. But then I have like a story card and the story is all about some of the staff that I um, have trained over the years who really were um, what I call like healers. You know what I mean? Like they were really about protecting the forest and protecting the group. And, you know, there are some people that just really, it's really important for them to take care of and know how to take care of each other. And they're the first person that if somebody gets hurt, they're like, bam, they're right by their side. They're like, are you okay? Hey, don't move. Hey, we're going to take care of this. Like, even if they don't know anything, they just, they're just there and they're really empathic or whatever. And so I just have stories of like different things that happen just to kind of like give them a taste of how first aid kind of can fit into our lives as a skill and, and a nature, you know, nature element in a way. But then the next month is like all about animals or it's about trees or, you know, I think April is birds. So it's like everything about birds and, you know, and 
so that's kind of one of the things that I do. It's called the forest box for kids. it's like, you know, I have, that's the website, the forest box for kids.com. And they're, yeah, it's a, it's just a kind of a fun thing that's, but it, it does take effort from the parents. If the kids are too young, you might have to encourage them a little bit. I don't really fill it with like junk. I mean, some of the box I've, I've seen a lot of subscription boxes and they're just like filled with candy and it's just like, you know, okay, three granola bars for 50 bucks a month or something. You're like, okay, I'm pretty sure I'm doing the math and it doesn't really add up, you know, and oh, there was a, there was a keychain from China. You're like, okay, thanks. That was two cents. So yeah. So I try to fill it with stuff that isn't really full of plastic and you know, it's, it's fairly natural in a way, but yeah, anyway, I just, I'm, I can't believe I didn't mention that in the beginning, but that is uh, one of the things I do. Um, so yeah, that people can always check that out and see, um, you know, see what they like or whatever. So. And that website, is it spelled out exactly as it stated the yep. forest box for kids.com? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Super easy. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out myself. I've enjoyed this entire discussion with you as we were talking, because prior to now us recording, I didn't know exactly what the natural advantage was. Like I'm finding out at the same time our listeners are finding out. And throughout this discussion, like you really just had me remembering just how much I love nature and how I've been connected to it. Thankful to my parents um, Mm. who had me outdoors or who connected me to certain programs like my mom she had me involved with the girl scouts so i learned certain things with the girl scouts um my dad he's just an outdoors person altogether so i learned fishing i learned how to hunt i learned how to use certain tools you know i just know how to use my hands and uh growing up i like when you were talking about let's see i I took a note you were talking about the beetle you know beetles for a a few minutes i have a beetle story you were talking about the little small turtles that are the size of a dollar i have a story about that you mentioned birds a second ago i have a story about birds um when you were talking about your mom and the turtles how one would go away and then all of a sudden it would reappear i kid you not i did the exact same thing with my daughter (laughs) because when she was younger and i will never forget this i still have to pay my little brother back he bought her a hamster for a birthday gift and the hamster i don't know if it was all hamster uh types or if it was just the specific type that he got her which was like a dwarf hamster the smallest cutest little thing but their life span was very short And I'm like, you brought her this gift and I have to now keep it up because she was so young. I didn't want her to experience, you know, death or losing anything at at that age. So every time when I would go in and check, you know, feed the hamster, clean the cage, when that time came around and it was like clockwork, when it came around, it's like, oh gosh, it's stiff. It's on its back. Now I need to go to the pet store buy another one, try to find one that has the identical coloring, (laughs) the two tone colors in it, and then replace it. And I did that about five to six times and she never knew. Oh my gosh. And I, (laughs) I told him, you never, you are banned from buying gifts. You do not buy a live gift. (laughs) You know, so I have that story also. Um, 
I've had rabbits, I've had lizards, I've had iguanas, I dogs, you I have had my share of animals and I absolutely loved all the experiences, you know, they weren't always good, you know, cleaning oh, yeah. the cages or cleaning after them. Of course, you know, I didn't enjoy that, but it absolutely taught me skills in life to where I use them today without even really realizing it. But yeah, if, if, if someone could introduce pets to their kids, that would be something that can really help them in their development. I remember going to flea markets and just buying little goldfish and putting them in a little bowl and that would be it. You know, you get a little thing of um, fish flakes and you just sprinkle a little bit in there, you know, however often you're supposed to. And I remember those days. You're bringing it back to me. This is, yeah. this is so important. Nature and, and the human body, it doesn't matter your age nature and the human body the being just you know kids or adults it's so important yeah yeah no that's true well now you're uh the next gift they'll get is like a drum set or something you're on <laughs> a trumpet you're just like okay don't give me the hamster but now, now they're gonna be blowing a trumpet all the time you're like okay right. <laughs> you're banned you're banned totally oh yeah. gosh yeah no that's true all of the things like, you know, what's great is that you have a story about all those things. And then the people listening, like right now, I kind of wish that, you know, I just talked about a lot of stuff. I wish I could actually listen to everybody who's listening their stories because they have a story of their grandmother or their brother or their uncle or their dad or mom. And, you know, and they're, they're, you know, they're immediately thinking like, oh, the pond that I, you know, at the farm or where the river or they, we all have that because we're all connected in a way and we just need to be, help our kids get connected that way and make sure that there's that priority a little bit. And it, it's not, it's not, you know, I don't know, but I'm, I'm excited. I, I really, I, I, I'm glad that we have these stories and this has been a great conversation too. So hopefully it helps some folks out there yes. and inspires them and gets them excited absolutely oh my gosh this was this is a great great discussion um so as we phase out of talking about the natural advantage i would like to go into my next portion of my episodes and i'm going to ask you one two maybe three little fun questions that are out of the box are you ready sure ready okay. ready to go fantastic so what motto do you live by what motto do you live by um yeah man, that's i have like 10 of them but <laughs> my my big things are always like um people everyone is always doing the best that they can yes. you know even when they're doing terrible that's <laughs> the best they can and so if if i operate off that that's a that's a huge help for me to, you know, maybe respond with compassion or whatever and understanding. So mm -hmm. that's yes. one of them anyway. <laughs> that's a good reminder. You know, it, it's, we can sometimes try to compare someone else's um, progress or lack thereof. And it's like, well, wait, you're not in that person's shoes. So, right. you know, give them grace. And, mm -hmm. you know, be there as a supportive role 
as opposed to maybe someone who's critiquing them or, or, you know, letting them know, hey, you could, you know, you shouldn't do it this way type of thing. So I like that. That's, that was a good reminder. So my next question is, what would be your theme song? What would be your theme song? Hmm. Boy, that's, I have a lot, I have a lot of of different songs, I guess. I have a very wide range of music and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that's a cool, that's a cool thing to think of here. Um, yeah, let's see. Well, I would say, I don't know how other people are answering this, but I would say, uh, I, I have like a Mexican heritage, so I I would say like Los Lobos, okay. uh, Kiko maybe, or there's a, just a lot. They have a whole lot of different really good, uh, you know, songs that are originate from like L.A. and Mexico. Nice. So, yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm trying to blank on some of the names of them, but yeah, really good, really good music. Good stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Not a problem. And last one, I think you mentioned, I think you might've mentioned this earlier, but if not, what's your biggest pet peeve? What's your biggest Um, pet peeve? hmm. Well, I'd say, yeah, I mean, it kind of is interesting because it's like if I go with the everybody's always doing the best they can, okay. then I can still say what's annoying to me. But at the same time, <laughs> knowing that people are still doing the best they can. Um, but yeah, I think. I guess I would say, you know, that we I, what really has been really bugging me in the last, you know, two or three years has just been this idea of. <clears throat> that we it, there can be a tendency for for people to just blurt out stuff or or share things that are really just kind of being parroted as opposed to having a chance to really process what they're saying and to just think things a little bit through right so <clears throat> you know like it would be it would be really terrible in our world if we actually had like, you know, where you had a magic lamp and you, a genie came out and gave you three wishes, we would be a mess because people don't think it through. Right. Mm -hmm. So we would just be like, I wish everyone was a squirrel, you know, or some crazy thing. And you just kind of look at it all in that way. So I think like, it's just, I think it's just really good to consider that. And I think like that, that's the part that's kind of just been interesting to see in humanity uh, for our culture, it just how much, how short-sighted we are and how we're, you know, we're, we're really creating and, and perpetuating a lot of systems that really aren't being, uh, we're not really looking long-term enough. And so, but because, so I, I just really, I guess I'm just trying to get, hopefully help people that really, it just frustrates the heck out of me. I, I can't tell you how many times I'm just like, oh, we gotta, we gotta do better than this because we got this is, you know, like climate change is coming, or, uh, you know, our education system's really struggling. We need to really double down on these things, 
and help, you know, build our communities and, and eliminate stuff. And instead we're just like worrying about the wrong things. And like that stuff is out there. And I'm just like, God, everybody back up a little bit, slow down. <laughs> like what's, what's a real problem versus a, not a problem really. Right. So, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it's easy, it's easy to complain or whatever, but um, yeah. Oh, that, that, and also I guess another pet peeve for me is that when people think like, oh, Ricardo likes nature, I usually get people that will call me up and go, Ricardo, somebody hit a raccoon on the road. Do you want me to pick it up for you? And I'm just like, no, I don't. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> people will ask me stuff or they'll be like, did you see the porcupine on the road? You know, <laughs> it was crossing the road and went up the hill. Did you see it? And I'm just like, I'm in my house. I'm three miles away. No, I didn't see it. Like, yeah, but, but. Thanks for thinking of me. I guess they're just kind of like I saw something in nature. I'll just tell Ricardo. Yes, yes. <laughs> you really. have marketed yourself well regarding. I know, nature. right? People are always sending me pictures of animal tracks, and they go, "Ricardo, what's this?" And I'm just like, <laughs> "Use a flash next time." All I see is blackness. Like, help me out. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 tongue in cheek. That's what I mean. I I don't mind. I'm happy to help out. I guess, but yeah that's good that that's hilarious i can actually see that happening oh my gosh oh my gosh so thank you for answering those questions and entertaining sure. me at least if no one else <laughs> for those three questions oh. so we are at the point of our discussion where i want to give you the opportunity to just share one last takeaway or um just one last thing anything that comes to mind that you would like to a final thought that you would like to kind of wrap up everything that we discussed in sure uh the, i guess the thing i would um uh, maybe just to do that wrap up is to think if we if you're listening to this right now um, just remember that, you know, you're whoever you are, you're not your job. You're not, uh, you know, kind of a, a wheel in the, in the cultural machine that is like, oh, I have, to, I'm the manager of such and such. And I have to do all these things like at our core, we all really, uh, are built and designed to you know, live in small communities and care for each other and work together and, and that it's really okay to um, just take that time that when you're out in nature or when you're by yourself to uh, re just remember that um, we're, our, our bodies and our minds and everything that has been developed, it's been developed for hundreds of thousands of years as hunter gatherers, as farmers as people that live close to the land and that when you when you do slow down a lot of that original what they call the original blueprint maybe a part of us can kind of come out and and when it does you really will know you'll know because it'll feel really good in a way that you just go I don't know what's going on I have this happen all the time when an adult is sitting there and the kids are working on a craft and I go here, take this stone and scrape the stick with the bark or something. And they just go, I don't know what the, it just feels so good. <laughs> just like you're scraping a stick with a rock. And, but they just love doing something simple and just don't be afraid to just like 
let go, you know, sit, lay out on the ground, whatever, just do those things. Cause that that's really at our core. And that when you, when you do that, you can really feel good about yourself in a way that you let go of all this, all this stuff that we think we should do or should be, should be all about. And, and that's, that's, that's my wish is that you'll, you'll feel good and um, really get that natural advantage. So yeah. Yes. Hope you can do that. Yeah, definitely. And that's a great way to wrap that up. And my final thoughts on this, um, for everyone who's listening, the parents, um, or even if you are the, the kid, the child, um, and you're listening to this episode, one thing that I would also suggest is to start getting out there, even if you don't necessarily live in nature or don't live anywhere where there's a lot of um, trees or green grass or a lot of parks, then maybe consider taking advantage of your local museums, your mm -hmm. local exhibits that are out there. So there are bird exhibits, there are butterfly exhibits, um, even like botanical type of gardens that you can go to right. to um, get connected with nature. And um, I'm big on <clears throat> uh, cost effective things. So if you Google your local county or city or even connect with your local library to see what free days that are open to the public um, to where you can still take advantage of um, getting into those types of places as maybe a good a good place to start. And then you can also just go to your backyard, as Ricardo mentioned throughout this podcast, you can start outside in your own backyard. And if you happen to travel, if you are blessed to be able to travel, go to the beach, go to the cabin, wherever you're going, um, be intentional about scheduling some time with yourself and or with your family for you to just connect with nature as well. So there was a lot of great information that was shared throughout this episode. I was super excited. I hope all of you enjoyed it as well. And so Ricardo, this is a time where I wanna give you the opportunity, give you the floor to let us know how we can support you, to let us know where we can connect with you and contact you. And if you have any, um, any if you have a website or social media or um, any other, programs or like you mentioned the the uh, force box make sure you let us all know that in this moment so therefore okay. we can support you absolutely yeah so you can find me at the forestboxforkids.com there's also another website that i have uh because i do teach teachers and parents and you know educators and it's called the foresteducator.com and I do online trainings uh, there and also some there you'll see some listed uh, residential trainings. And from those two sites, you can find me and you can send me emails and I'll be happy to chat with you. And I love to hear feedback. So if you have a story or something, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I also have uh, a you know website and I mean like on those websites you'll see my social media links uh, you know Instagram things like that and if you if you do if anybody wants to watch my TED talk it's uh uh what uh, it just if you just put TED TEDx dot you know dot com Ricardo Sierra something my my TED talk will come up 
about saving our the eye children from nature deficit disorder, which is uh, the, the, the a weird top name for my talk, but uh, that was what my friend thought up. So, uh, yeah. So those are the best ways to get a hold of me, and yeah, you can check out my stuff, and and uh, that'll be great. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Everyone, make sure you go support, check out those websites, because as you can see, between just this conversation between Ricardo and myself, we came up with a lot of different experiences or examples for things that you can do with your family in order to just help with those three areas. And the first is nature, getting out and connecting with nature. Um, problem solving or skill building and bonding with someone who has the capacity to connect with you. So this is great information that we all can absolutely take advantage of and use right now in our daily lives. So this is it for this episode. That is all that we have for you all today. Make sure that you follow me as well. Go to my website, coachenergy.com. And as a reminder, energy is spelled N-R-G-Y. You can connect with me there. Let me know if you would like to become a client of mine. Um, also, if you would like to be a guest, I am looking for guest speakers also. So make sure you connect with me via my website. And if you enjoy the conversation that we had today, make sure you put a comment below in the description or at least share it with someone else who maybe can relate. And I am interested in hearing your pet stories also. That would be cool to be able to just maybe come back and create another episode of the stories that people submitted to us. Um, but thank you again for your time, everyone. Make sure that you take care of yourself. And as a reminder, always remember to keep smiling. Bye-bye.